Welcome to our new micro podcast series, where authors answer four questions provided by the Journal of Neurophysiology's Editor-in-Chief, Professor Nino Ramirez. Hi, I'm Jamie Jones, your host, and I hope you enjoy this new series. Sit back, relax, and take a listen. Hello there, I'm David Lips. I'm an associate professor here in the School of Kinesiology at the University of Michigan. And I'm Taya Lula Carrillo. I'm now a project coordinator at Grand River Hospital, but did this work as part of my postdoctoral fellowship. We're here today to discuss our latest publication in the Journal of Neurophysiology entitled Assessing Shoulder Muscle Stretch Reflexes Following Breast Cancer Treatment and Post-Mastectomy Breast Reconstruction. The other authors of this manuscript include Joshua Lernardes, who is now at the University of Illinois, and Adiza Momo from the University of Michigan. So our lab has focused over the past decade on gaining a full appreciation of the impact that various breast cancer treatments have on the neuromuscular system. Over 250,000 women each year are receiving a new breast cancer diagnosis in the United States alone. Comprehensive breast cancer care has vastly improved survivorship from this disease, but unfortunately many women are still experiencing side effects after treatments, including surgery, radiation therapy, or even chemotherapy. While the numbers vary in the literature, I would say around one-third of women are experiencing some form of shoulder morbidity after breast cancer treatment. The focus of the study was primarily on women undergoing mastectomy, which removes all of the breast tissue along with the fascia over the pectoral muscles. This fascia is highly interconnected system containing connective tissue and muscle spindles. In addition, many of the women we investigated in the study had a post-mastectomy breast reconstruction to restore the look and feel of the natural breast mound. There are several approaches to breast reconstruction, but often they involve disinserting, or in other words, cutting portions of one or more shoulder muscles from the skeletal system. This disinsertion also likely has some impact on the sensory system in the human body. It's also important to know that other treatments, including radiation therapy and chemotherapy, could alter the sensory system. For example, oxaliplatin is a common chemotherapy drug that can impair the function of sensory neurons. Therefore, the objective of the current study was to begin to understand how different breast cancer treatments impact the sensory system in breast cancer survivors. In particular, we focused on measuring muscle stretch reflexes. The central nervous system regulates muscle and joint stiffness through these muscle stretch reflexes. We know from prior work in our lab that both muscle and shoulder joint stiffness is altered after breast cancer treatment, so it seemed reasonable to explore the contributions of muscle stretch reflexes. The onset of the reflex responses can help us better understand the mechanisms behind treatment-related neuromuscular side effects. Short latency reflexes are mediated by group 1A spindle afferents, while long latency reflexes involve input from spinal and supraspinal pathways. We performed two experiments in our study. The methods were the same in each, but the patient groups differed. All participants were placed in a removable cast and they were attached to a single axis rotary motor. This rotary motor could be oriented to move the shoulder either in the vertical ABA deduction plane or the horizontal flexion extension plane. With this motor, we would perturb the participant's arm for 60 seconds using a pseudo-random binary sequence with an amplitude around 0.06 radians. This perturbation profile closely resembles a step function switching between high and low states, and this allowed for periods where a muscle crossing the shoulder would either be stretched or shortened. Trials were obtained while participants were either at rest 
or generating submaximal shoulder torques scaled to about 10% of their maximum voluntary contractions. For our analysis, we quantified muscle stretch reflexes for the clavicular and sternocostal regions of the pectoralis major, along with the anterior, middle, and posterior heads of the deltoid. The EMG data were high-pass filtered, pull-wave rectified, and normalized to MVC. Short latency muscle reflexes were measured between 25 and 50 milliseconds after perturbation onset. Long latency muscle reflexes were evaluated at two windows, 50 to 75 milliseconds and 75 to 100 milliseconds after perturbation onset. Baseline EMG activity was recorded in the 40 milliseconds prior to the perturbation. So in experiment one, we investigated how muscle stretch reflexes differed between three cohorts of women that underwent mastectomy and breast reconstruction. On average, these women were evaluated about two years after their reconstructive surgery was performed. Our first group was 19 women who underwent a reconstruction with a deep inferior epigastric perforator flap or a deep flap. Often we use this population in our work as a surgical control group as they undergo reconstruction with minimal to no impact on the shoulder musculature. Our second cohort was 17 women who underwent breast reconstruction with implants placed beneath the pectoralis major muscle. The inferior border of the pectoralis muscle was cut to accommodate this implant. Our third reconstruction cohort was 13 women with elatissimus dorsi flap, where the muscle was removed from the spine and moved into the chest wall to help recreate the breast mount. This surgery involved cutting both the latissimus dorsi and pectoralis major from the skeletal system. Finally, we recruited a healthy control of 18 age-matched women to the study with no history of cancer or shoulder pathology. Our major finding in experiment number one was that following post-mastectomy breast reconstruction, short latency and long latency reflexes were impaired in the clavicular region of the pectoralis major. A surprising result was that the short latency muscle reflexes were suppressed across all three reconstruction groups compared to healthy controls including our deep flap cohort that we thought would serve as a surgical control for cutting uh, key shoulder muscles. We also observed suppression of the muscle stretch reflexes in different heads of the deltoid in women after post-mastectomy breast reconstruction. However, these were quite dependent on the torque and the perturbation direction studied and were not consistent across all conditions. A closer look at the breast cancer management of women enrolled in experiment one shows that the delivery of chemotherapy and radiation therapy varied drastically, making it difficult to fully conclude that surgery alone could explain our findings. Therefore, we conducted experiment two, where 17 women who had breast-conserving surgery, or in other words, a lapectomy, and subsequently received radiation therapy and most often chemotherapy, were compared against the healthy control cohort of 18 women from experiment one. The results of experiment two show that receipt of chemoradiation actually facilitated increased activity during the short and long latency reflex windows for the clavicular region of the pectoralis major, and that the long latency window for the sternocostal region of the pectoralis major was also facilitated in terms of increased activity. Facilitation was also observed in the three heads of the deltoid, depending on the torque and the perturbation direction studied. Overall, these experiments highlight that muscle stretch reflexes are influenced by breast cancer management, but in different ways. 
Surgeries like mastectomy and breast reconstruction seem to suppress the stretch reflex, while chemoradiation seems to facilitate the stretch reflex. Deficits in this muscle stretch reflex regulation could manifest as impairments during functional tasks, particularly if they involve rapid corrective adjustments. It's important to emphasize that there is a lot we still don't know about the neuromuscular response to localized and systemic therapies for cancer. We hope the study motivates other research groups to explore the mechanisms behind these neuromuscular side effects of cancer treatment. Note studies without its limitations. Since this is a retrospective study, follow-up prospective studies in patients before and after breast cancer management will provide more robust insights into their effects on muscle stretch reflexes. We also know these measures are quite sensitive to background activity, which we attempted to mitigate in these experiments. Our results demonstrate for the first time that deficits in short and long latency muscle stretch reflexes do exist in breast cancer survivors. We hope this work will support future work clarifying the neurophysiological mechanisms underlying these impairments. Thank you for listening. We hope you will review our paper to more fully appreciate the findings of the study. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us if you have any questions. We are happy to discuss. Thank you for listening. This podcast was brought to you by the Journal of Neurophysiology and produced by me, Jamie Jones. If you would like to hear our latest episodes, please visit the Journal of Neurophysiology's homepage.